Classic Rock Files. On 94.3 The Drive. Winnipeg's Classic Rock. Kelly Parker with 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Hi, Kelly. Okay, let's update a story that we were talking about. I guess it was a couple of days ago after this thing went crazy on social media. Um, Again, as you rightly pointed out, because people read the headline and that was all. Live Nation CEO Joe Berktold, let's call that the pronunciation, has addressed the current state of the concert industry, including this topic of refunds for rescheduled shows from Ticketmaster. Yeah, and the the most important part of this is that uh, there will not be concerts for the next few months. He admitted that that's the case. Uh, not shocking news there. But he went on to explain that about 90% of his company's events are in the process of being rescheduled, while the remaining 10% have been cancelled. And the differentiation between those two things, a cancelled event and a postponed event, is the heat of that argument that people were having online, the outrage that was carrying through Twitter and Facebook and wherever else people gather to discuss their outrage on the internet. Fact-free. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And um, so Ticketmaster had adjusted slightly the wording in their policy, and he stated that there's a lot of misperception about Ticketmaster. Yeah, he says Ticketmaster doesn't sell these tickets and then just sit on a mountain of cash. And we were talking about the liquidity of the whole business in the first place, but this is how it works. He says they don't sell these tickets and then sit on a mountain of cash. Ticketmaster sells tickets, then gives the cash over to the venues where the events are being held. And the venues will either hold that mountain of cash or give it to the event organizer and maybe eventually to an artist. And he says before Ticketmaster can issue a refund on a rescheduled event, it has to go to the venue, get that money. A lot of those venues are closed because of the situation. They have to then sometimes go and get the money from somebody else and then so on down the chain. So it's a pretty big process to go through. And right now the volume is just so huge. And you mentioned that the other day. But then he talked about how things will work. Yeah, he said, what we're trying to do is follow a standard process. It says as soon as it gets rescheduled and there's a date so people can then determine, can I go at that time or not, then we're going to have an opportunity to get some refunds. Um, the refunded shows that they put up so far says between 5 to 20% of people have opted for the refund, which is a pretty big window when you say 5 to 20%. Yeah. Just say up to 20% of people. Sure, yeah. You don't have to give me a low number in that no. case. Um, but this is literally exactly what we talked about. They have to get all their ducks in order before a refund option is there. And that's why in their policy it says keep checking back because a refund option may appear. And obviously a lot of bands and a lot of venues and a lot of production companies, whoever is handling the money in these cases, A, may not be working. B, may not want to relinquish that cash right now because they're not getting money from anything. Mm-hmm. They might be just going to sit on this cash for a while and wait to do the refund policy a little bit closer to when that date has been moved to. Because sure. people make a more rational decision in October for a show in November than they will in April for a show in November. If you take any show, say some big show you've been looking forward to, let's call it uh, Rage here in Winnipeg, you really want to go to that show. It has been postponed. Now, if we're just talking about one show in normal times, if for whatever reason that show was postponed, you would naturally wait and say, with your fingers crossed, and say, geez, I hope I can get a babysitter that night, or whatever it happens to be. Then when it gets rescheduled, then you go, I can either go, awesome, or I can't go, Then I go for the refund. That's what you would do for one show in normal times. This is just every show, but it's essentially the same process. Yeah. You know, you might not think you could make something work now and you're or like, how do I know what I'm going to be doing in November? You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, but wait and see. Maybe as it gets closer, you realize I can go or you realize you can't go. The good thing about a refund process is you can get it right up until the date of the show. Mm -hmm. You know, so. 
no rush. I understand there are some financial hardships for people right now. They've lost jobs. Their income is less than it normally would be. And maybe they want that money. But at the end of the day, I got some shows I'm waiting on. You've mm-hmm. got some shows I'm waiting on. And I particularly don't want to have to be refunded for those shows because then the money just goes on my credit card. And I'm out of pocket having to refund my friends who, I've, who have paid me for these <laughs> tickets already out of my own pocket. And, of course, you've spent that money. I don't have it anymore. It's on my credit card. You know, so a credit on my credit card bill doesn't help me pay back my friends. Yeah. So that I'm just going to keep everything and just hope for the best. Okay. You know as well as I do, every single year it's a controversy about the Super Bowl halftime show. You know as well as I do that there have been two things that Dee Snyder has been all about on Twitter for the last six months. Uh, the big first chunk of it was ACDC needs to play the halftime show next year and also getting his daughter back from Peru. She got back from Peru, so that's nice. Then he continues focusing on potentially ACDC or more rock at an upcoming Super Bowl show. You won't see John Bon Jovi at an upcoming Super Bowl show. At least according to him, he was on Howard Stern's show and he was talking about uh, whether or not he has any desire to be one of these rock acts that plays the Super Bowl. No desire. I turned it down many, many years ago. I, I didn't like this, you know, that you had to team up with other people and you had these people coming on your stage and all the demands of the, and then the pressures on it I, it didn't appeal to me to play at the new jersey one it seemed too obvious uh the last time that honest to god we were at all interested was back when they had it in dallas and we didn't get it and i said that's the end of it i don't want it i'm not even i won't even talk about it again i never liked it i i liked I, some of the performances have been unbelievable whether it was prince or u2 or you know there's been some amazing ones over the years but not for me I could dig it, and especially when he talks about some of the combinations. I like Lady Gaga as an artist on her own, and I think it was, was it Aerosmith that she appeared with? I think you're asking ago? the wrong guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did Prince play? That's the last time I watched the Super Bowl halftime show. It wasn't just a clip. If you were wise, that would have been where you just cut it off. That would have been the end of it We for were you. talking about cutting off a TV show yeah. partway through its run because you've reached a point where you couldn't watch anymore. Yep. That was my cutoff point. <laughs> yeah. See, the smart people, like you, if you reach a point of satisfaction, then w- that's when you should just stop. After that, you're just chasing and you'll always be disappointed. And if something's great, if something's really spectacular, mm-hmm. you know, we're in an age when I can go the next day to the internet and just watch it then. You've I don't have it. to watch it live. <laughs> you've got it figured out. Well, I was just going to mention, and I think it was gaga who was part of the aerosmith show at super bowl a few years ago and i like both artists but i think that's the kind of thing that john bon jovi is talking about it's just like you don't need to please everybody all the time by combining these people on stage just make it one or the other but again i wish i could go back in time and choose your option i gotta tell you though i don't believe john bon jovi for a second i think the uh dump truck full of money backs up to the uh bon jovi compound and says hey you want to play the super bowl I think there's going to be some serious thought going into it. And uh, straight up, no, didn't you hear my interview with Howard Stern? (laughs) I don't want to talk about this anymore isn't going to be coming out of his mouth. I mean, this is a guy who did a song with Jennifer Nettles, you know, so he's up for collaboration. I understand. If he ever does it, I know there's going to be a strongly worded email from you. Well, he probably already subscribes to my newsletter, so he knows my feelings. Well, when he's not busy with that, uh, he's been working on new music, the release of the band's uh, latest album, 2020. And here's an irony for you. Been delayed from its original May 5th date as a result of the pandemic. No new date, but if it doesn't happen in 2020. I'm hopefully at least he at least changes the album title. 2021, it doesn't have the same ring to it. 
No, it doesn't. But yeah. 20, then it would seem like a throwback. 2020 is a big pile of trash so far, so the sooner we can get out, the better. <laughs> it's true. He added that uh, David Bryan, of course, the keyboardist for Bon Jovi, who had contracted coronavirus uh, COVID-19 last month, was, quote, doing better now. Finally here, uh, this is a fantastic idea. Five Finger Death Punch has launched the first episode of its Quarantine Theater 2020 series. See, now there's an opportunity to use 2020 in proper context. They've taken inspiration from the old Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, it features uh, frontman Ivan Moody, guitarist Zolt. This is a great name. Zoltan Bathory. Don't mess with that guy. And bassist Chris Kale offering commentary on the band's past music videos. So they sit down, they talk about the behind-the-scenes making of them and the meaning of the music videos. And I appreciate that idea that you're taking us behind the scenes, almost like the old pop-up videos yeah. that, were, that were on. Yep. But I would really appreciate if they look back and just ripped on themselves from their younger years. Mm -hmm. Because if you watch Five Finger Death Punch music videos, there's plenty to rip on. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's old stuff or current stuff. Yep. In fact, one of their last singles, not most recent, but it was on their last record, uh, Champagne, hell of a music video, hell of a song. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want entertainment, Champagne. I'd like to see more of that from other artists as well, because I have to tell you, I'm starting to burn on the home performances a little bit, except for Sammy in the Circle. There are so many older acts that have a, you know, 30 plus years of music videos that they could go through and see the fashion, see how they looked, see the poor ideas, the yeah. bad songs that were released as singles. Like the Stones are a perfect example. Let's talk about the Waiting on a Friend music video, why don't we? <laughs> Let's talk about Mick and David Bowie dancing in the street, you know? He'd be a perfect guy to sit down and talk about this kind of stuff. Or maybe just some guys get together, some, some members of a band, and they just go through old music videos of other artists and yeah. say, let's just Mystery Science 3000 these music videos or past performances and uh, bring that entertainment to people. Email the music industry. <laughs> Again, they're on my newsletter database. So. <laughs> Incidentally, useless fact, waiting on a friend video from the Stones, the apartment used in that, same apartment as on the cover of Led Zeppelin 4. Hmm. The more you know. Mm -hmm. You can see the star going over my head right now with the I rainbow. Do. I do. Don't we all feel better for that? That is the classic Rock Files 94.3 The Drive Music Director, Mike Young. Thank you. Thank you.